Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. So the theme today is, the theme for the month first and foremost is, I move mountains. Are you moving mountains? Is that your testimony this year? You know, I tweeted about this. I said, the devil will have to see a doctor this year. Because, (laughs) you know, hallelujah. The Lord will fight your battles this year. Did you hear what I said? There's a lot of wickedness out there. For those of you who follow the Lagos Reboot Camp, when I was teaching on corporate anointing, asked people to hold their neighbors. And so they held this lady and boom, they heard another voice. This was in church, you know? A demonic voice. So they managed the situation, um, took her to a room. And after the service, I entered and then the demon started screaming, oh, Emmanuel Liren, we know you very well. We've heard a lot about you. Oh, but this is not fair now. This is not fair. I had an agreement with the parents. They put me here. Here. Uh, at least before you cast me out, let me go back to the mom. Let me collect what I gave. So, I mean, if we gave you powers in exchange for the permission to possess your daughter, don't cast us out. Let's carry our thing back. That's what the demon was asking. I mean, this was happening. There were at least 15 people present. And then looked at me and said, because of you, she will have children. Because of you. I said, oh, you wanted her to be barren. This is someone who is not yet married. I said, oh, you wanted her to be barren. He said, yes. She was supposed to um, be barren, have complications, have operations, an operation, and die. Listen, there was already a program. And you know, if that happened, people would say, oh, doctors, mistake. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? You live in a deeply spiritual world. Deeply wicked world. It says the heart of man is desperately wicked. I can't count how many people have cast demons out of, and it is the parents that put the demon there. Some knowingly, some unknowingly. Some would take them to all kinds of pastors. Someone, the parents took her to a pastor. The pastor gave her fish to eat. Have you heard of things like that? Is that the man of God? Are you a chef? (laughs) How is that? How is that? Young people, reckon that is your destiny at stake. Don't out of respect. Surrender your hands to shackles. Ah, I don't want to go, but to be summer. Eh? You are the one who will bear the grunt of it all. Stand up! I'm not going. It's a major issue in the body of Christ no one is talking about. Not everybody 
who has a platform, who has a podium, who holds a microphone, is serving God. It's sad, but it's true. Be, be careful. If you are too easily swayed, too desperate, you will fall into trouble. And one thing I've noticed is, the higher your desperation, the lower your discernment. Things that you will pick normally. You would have known it's a false prophet, but you wouldn't know, you're desperate. I think I said the same thing here, reboot camp, so maybe the Spirit of God is just making me dwell on this. And so I'm very happy that we're talking about faith today because the sense of urgency and the level of wickedness in the world is such that even if you wanted to rely on pastor, it can't work. You have to learn to walk the word of God in your life by yourself. You have to learn. You have to learn it. Because pastor will not always be there. You have to learn it. And I taught you this also during the boot camp. By New Testament design, everybody is supposed to participate in the demonstration of the supernatural. Can I tell you something? No matter how great the miracles in a church are, if it is all coming from the pastor, they are not fulfilling God's plan for, for the church. Did you hear what I said? I mean, one of the great testimonies during boot camp, this lady had actually messaged me to say, I pray for my dad. You know, he has all kinds of sicknesses. He has stroke. He has prostate cancer. Same man. And now they had to pass a pipe through his private so that he could urinate. And, and here is something some people don't realize. You see, Innocently, some people by demand might just walk their pastors until they have a burnout. <laughs> so I was close with burnout. I can't come to your house. I just can't. I just can't. So I told her, I said, gather some members in church, pray together, learn to do that. Learn to do that. You see, there was no church in Babylon. But these Hebrew boys knew to gather themselves together to pray. Okay, this is what the king has said. Just friends, let us pray. Let's get a word from the Lord. You need to learn that. And so they prayed, came for a boot camp. And I said clearly, I said, the sick people at home, the moment you get home, go and lay hands on them. So we went home laid hands on daddy, spoke in tongues, be healed, you know. And then daddy woke up feeling different. He told them, ah, let me go to the hospital. I feel like the doctor should remove this pipe. Ha, the mother was afraid, like what kind of, what is this? And went, removed it, and then he passed out during normally. So, so they said, let's still watch. He went home without it. Then he woke up even stronger. He said all the pains were gone. Not just from the prostate cancer, but from the stroke, the partial stroke that he had suffered. So he ran out. New Year's Eve, screaming, 
It's all gone. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Glory be to God. You know, and the beautiful part of this is nobody visited that house. They just heard the word. They believed it. They went home, laid hands on daddy. So learn to walk this faith in your life. Because if you don't learn to walk this faith, the impact of the body of Christ will be small. Because your pastor can't do it all. And God said this is the year of light. I'm sure you know, right? The year of light, of impact, distinction, distinction and integrity. So let your impact be felt. Play your part. Move mountains. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. It says, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Everybody read verse 24 together, one, two, go. You see, in English language, we're taught homonyms. And don't worry if you don't remember. I'll refresh your memory. Homonyms are words that have same spelling and pronunciation, but have different meanings. So there are words that have different nuances. And you can only tell what it really means in different contexts. For instance, I can be addressing you right now as I'm speaking or I can ask for your house address. Same word, different meanings. In fact, the meanings are not even close. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? Because faith is a homonym. Alright? It's a homonym. And when you see the word used in different parts of the Bible, the same <laughs> word, same pronunciation, same Greek rendition, actually means very often two different things, sometimes more. And it's very important that you understand these two, these two different things. Um, the first one we just read about is what I call charismatic faith. What did I call it? Where he says, if you shall say to this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. You shall have whatever you say. That's charismatic. And that's the kind of faith that comes to mind when people hear the word faith. They just think of mountain-moving faith, miracle-walking faith, getting extraordinary things done by the ability of God. That's what comes to people's minds. Because that's the kind of faith that has been emphasized. But I dare say the most important faith in the Bible is saving faith. There is such a thing as saving faith. What is saving faith? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 8, it says, 
But what does it say? The word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So now in this context, the type of faith that is being referred to is not the type you wield to move mountains. What type of faith is he referring to? He's referring to an evangelical message, the word of faith which we preach. And what is that message? He says that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So now that's saving faith. So there is charismatic faith and then there's saving faith. And someone will ask, uh, why did it not just give them two different names? Why the confusion? If they are different, give them different names so that we can be clear. But they're not exactly different. I pay attention. They are fundamentally similar and only superficially different. And I will explain what I mean by that. When you look at the tenets and the requirements of both demonstrations of faith, they're exactly the same. They're only directed to different things. So the same way you release your faith to be saved is the same way you re release your faith for healing. Same subjects, different objects. So I want to start by showing you the similarities between both charismatic faith and saving faith. And this helps people because, you know, sometimes people think ah, it is such ah, a humongous, Herculean task to get a healing. I have to cross seven oceans, climb ten mountains. Meanwhile, the greater, <laughs> in fact, arguably, even saving faith is charismatic. Do you realize? Because what is saving faith? That if you believe in Jesus, you will live forever. That's charismatic. That there is something I can do to release a possibility in my life for endless life. That's charismatic. So if you had enough faith to believe and be saved, you can have enough faith for anything. If you believe that because you heard the gospel, received it with your heart, confessed with, with your mouth, even when you die, you will rise again. That's more difficult than raising the dead. Because when Lazarus was raised from the dead, he grew old and still died. But you're talking about a type of faith that will keep you alive and forever young. That's, that's another dimension of charismatic faith. So if you're here and you believe in Jesus and you are saved, and you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Spirit that hovered over the face of the deep, and initiated the creation of the whole world, residing in you, that's bigger than any faith required for any healing. So you just have to see the similarities. They have the same principles. The Bible tells us in John 20 that people began to share testimonies. Oh, we've seen Jesus. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. Thomas was a scientist. 
and don't blame him. It is very difficult from an intellectual standpoint, and I'm going to explain that in this teaching. From a head point, if you get what I'm saying, to see all that Jesus went through and embrace the possibility that he will survive it or that he will come back. Do you know how he was beaten? His bones were broken, not on the cross, of course, but anyways. There is, there is a science to the crucifixion. That experience ushered in a new threshold of pain that mankind had never seen before. It is from crucifixion that the English word excruciating was created. Like when you talk about pain that is unbearable, that it was crucifixion that made them come up with that term. Because if you say cru crucifixion is painful, it doesn't cut it. Painful doesn't cut it. So they had to come up with a new word, excruciating. Are you getting what I'm saying? I, I, during Easter, I'm going to explain the science of it all. When, you think, when they say Jesus was nailed, you think it's the type of nail you, know, you see in your houses. Roman nails were different. They were fat and long. They were seven inches long, at least, driven through his wrists. And you have to... And then you think about the crown of thorns, the spear placed through his side. Listen, even the beating killed many people. Historically, before many people got to the cross, they died from the beating. You think about the beating, think about the crown of thorns, think about the spear, you think about the crucifixion, and then you say he's alive. Thomas said, excuse me, but until I put my fingers through his side, until I, you know, look through the holes in his hands, he said, I will not believe. And the Bible says one day, as they were in a room, all the doors shut, Jesus just showed up. And Jesus has a lot of swag. He just said, all hail, meaning start shouting. <laughs> Jesus is too cool. Like, like, he knew they would shout, so he just said, yeah, shout. And they were like, oh, oh my God. And he's like, I know, it's me. <laughs> and then he goes to Thomas. And he says, come, reach hither your finger. Behold my hands. And reach hither your hand. Trust it into my side. Put your hand into my side. And he says, be not faithless, but believing. And then when Thomas did it, he said unto him, my Lord and my God, as if he had the revelation of the deity of Christ all of a sudden. But that was just science. He touched, he saw, he smelt. Have you been taught, you know, um, in science, the steps of how, how do they put it? Huh? Yeah, no, not, not Mr. Nanjadi. Uh, the steps of how, how do you get the theory? Sci sci anything scientific must be, you must be able to touch it, you know, 
observe it, and all of that. It's just went through all the basics of science. And I was going, ah, my Lord, my God. Verse 30. Um, verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believed. He said, blessed are they that have not seen yet what? So this means, listen, the title of this sermon is the vocabulary of faith. There is a vocabulary of faith. There, is, there are par parameters for the release of faith. And they are not exactly scientific. Because in science and in the normal human realm, seeing is believing. But in the spirit realm, he said, blessed that day. Who have not seen yet believe. Hallelujah. You know, some of you, when you hear the salvation testimonies of some people, you, you, you feel jealous. Ah, man was just straightforward now. <laughs> so you had all these experiences. You were going, maybe you were going to a clubhouse. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just showed up in front of your car and said, you, this car will not move. This car will not move. Don't you know you are destined to preach? You know, and all of that. You hear all these kind of things. And then Jesus took my hands. We went down. He showed me hell. I cried. I cried. And then he took me up to heaven. And you're like, ah, my own. <laughs> it was just one evangelist who didn't even dress well, who just accosted me on the road, shared me one tract, and said I must read it, and persuaded me, you know, and I just got born again. Ah, that's it. I've not even seen Jesus before. And it's nice if you see Jesus, but the blessing is for those who have not seen yet believe. In the realm of the spirit, you are deeper in terms of spiritual understanding and depth if you never saw what you believed. You know, some people are so sensational. You go to Jerusalem, they say, this is where, in fact, this is the, in the manger, you go, to, go and look for that manger. They say, this is the exact place Mary laid down and was pushing. Do you not start imagining it? And start crying. <laughs> I believe, yes, Lord. You believe because you have seen. <laughs> you believed, you know, then, have you seen people who will travel there and come back with, religious, with ridiculous things, so come back with sand? You have the Holy Ghost in you, and your, your, your priority is sand. Say the sand that Jesus walked on. <laughs> Ridiculous. You are a herbalist. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless that day who have not seen yet believed. Historians prove, proved that Paul never even walked around the places that Jesus was throughout his earthly ministry. So he had no physical interaction whatsoever with Jesus. And this was the man who had the greatest revelations of the risen Christ. Blessed are they who have not seen, yet believe. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 4, we walk by faith and not by sight. 
And that also was talking about saving faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. Moving with the speed of light now. <laughs> it says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, might be found to the praise and the honor and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everybody read verse 8 together loud as you can want to go. Now, this is re remarkable. But logically, it's also very foolish. Imagine your friend came to work, your colleague at work came to work with a new glow. And he just came confidently. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? And this is someone who is, you know, normally just melancholy, you know, very phlegmatic or what are the, all those names, and just very calm. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. What is it? And the lady says, oh, color. Ah, I knew it was a boy. I knew. So who is this guy? Oh, you know, he's so nice. He's so this. He's so that. Show me a picture. What does he look like? Um, I've not met him. Okay, so is it online? Yes. Hmm. That's a warning sign. Well, well, no problem. Let me see his profile picture. Uh, he has no profile picture. Hey! <laughs> Lady, we have to have you checked. Are you okay? Huh. Looks like your temperature is rising. Any other symptoms? Dry cough, loss of smell, loss of taste. <laughs> How can you be so finicky about a guy you haven't met, you don't even know what he looks like. You know, so now, the laws of spiritual relationship break all the laws of romantic relationship and normal relationships. He's describing your faith in the Lord Jesus. He said, you've never seen him, but you're in love. <laughs> Makes no sense, right? You've never seen him, but you, you love him. In whom though now you see him not yet believing. I've not seen him before. Jesus died for me. Were you there? No, but I believe. And that's the wisdom of God. Foolishness of men, wisdom of God. Hallelujah. It says to the Greeks, it was foolishness. But to those who believe, the power of God unto salvation. Are you with me, somebody? Yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. Not only do we believe, we show it with our joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let me quickly explain the Greek words full of glory here. Now, um, glory was often a metaphor to describe resurrection. So, when the gospel is preached to you, there is an offer. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But it doesn't happen yet. When you get born again, you still look the same, you still talk the same, you still walk the same. But you have received eternal life in your spirit. It is until you die 
that, I mean, you then get to see Jesus and see the, you know, actualization of that promise. It is at the trump of God that you receive a new body. And now, when that happens, there's a term for it, you are glorified, your glorified body. It happened to Jesus too. Ought not the Christ to suffer these things and to enter his glory. So suffering was used to describe his death and his burial. Enter his glory, resurrection. Now we are looking forward to that glorified body. It's going to be full of glory. But he says, you don't have to wait till it happens to rejoice. He says, yet now believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable as though already glorified. That's the real Greek rendition. As though already glorified. So, I mean, because it's a done deal, we have the foretaste of the Spirit. The Spirit in us is evidence that that body will come. So you start rejoicing now. Now that is faith. You don't see it. You act on it. You rejoice in it. You know, so in the normal um, order of things, I promise you something, I fulfill it, and then you rejoice. But in the order of faith, I promise you something, you rejoice, and then I fulfill it. That's the order of faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So the same way it applies to your spiritual relationship is the exact same way it applies to charismatic faith. You don't see it. We got a powerful testimony. Reboot Camp Lagos. When, when I was reading the testimony, I remembered. I had a word of knowledge. I pointed to, I think it was to my right. I said, there is a lady here. You have just been healed of human, human Hormonal imbalance, you know, I know the way, I don't know, it's just stage fright or whatever. I don't know. You know? <laughs> so, and then, that lady, in fact, she said I pointed to her. And she had been going through that. So she began, she started jumping, um, in fact, she broke down into tears, according to the story. Oh, thank you, Lord, you know. So, in a room with more than a thousand people, you remembered me. Thank you, Lord. And she was just happy. Then, she, so, she had been having, I think, severe bleeding. I wish I could just read it so I won't, you know. Anyway, I was just, time is first spent, so I would just, I, I put the story, the testimony on my IG page so you can read it. You know, severe ble bleeding, and I think she was expecting it to stop, but then it didn't stop. Or, no, she had not seen her menstruation for a long time, right? And she was expecting it to start, and you know, it hadn't started. So she was like, ah, what's happening? And all of that. But the long story short is this. At the next service, when we were praying, you know, she just held on to that prophecy. Began to declare it, you know, I received my testimony. No, someone else would just say, ah, oh, it didn't happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Someone, and that's why I'm teaching you this because no matter how supernatural the ministry you belong to is, if you don't learn the workings of faith, 
you might still struggle. So someone else will just check. Ah, nothing. Anyways, only God knows what happened. And he pointed to me, oh, maybe guesswork or something. But she held on to it. You know, held on to the prophecy, began to declare it, and then it happened. You know, when I read that, I was just like, yes! This is how to respond to the word of God. Respond to God. There has to be a response on your part. Let me tell you this and never forget it. Do you know one very powerful lesson we learn from the parable of the sower? Matthew 13, it is this. It is not the potency of the seed alone that determines the magnitude of the harvest. There are a lot of other factors. It matters where the seed falls. This is true even agriculturally. And that's why he used that metaphor, that metaphoric illustration to talk about the response to the word. The word can be so potent and so powerful, but it depends on the heart to which, with which you receive it. Hallelujah. So one week after reboot camp, she refused to give in. No, God said it, it is happening. It is happening. And that's how faith works. I don't see it, but God said it, and so it is. Say loud amen, somebody. So now, let's go back to the text we started from. Mark chapter 11. Let's see if there is any correlation between, you know, saving faith and charismatic faith here. Verse 23. It says, For assuredly I say to you, that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have what he says. How will he know that it is done? Because he said it. If you say, you will have what you say. That's faith. Don't forget how this conversation started. Peter was startled. Oh, the fig tree that he cursed the other day has dried up. And Jesus is actually trying to correct that thought, that normal thought process that Peter had. Oh, now you know it's dried up because you saw it dried. But it dried up the moment I said it. If you say, you will have what you say. Don't wait to see the signs. If you say you will have what you, see, what you say, this is not science. This is the vocabulary of faith. Hallelujah. Observation determines truth in science. Truth determines observation in the spirit. So I start with truth. I hold on to truth. If I say, I will have what I say. This is the spiritual order of things. If I say, I will have what I say. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you something? 
Thank God for science. And when I'm about to say this, don't think it's because we don't see testimonies. I just shared a testimony of someone whose genotype changed. Medically proven. We have several medically proven before and after testimonies. Scan showing fibroid before. Scan showing no fibroid after. Scan showing enlarged heart before. Scan showing normal heart after. Several. But can I tell you something? If you look at the scan to finally know that you are healed, you still have work to do. You don't understand what I'm saying. If you say to the mountain and don't doubt in your heart, you will have what you say. Strictly speaking, what you need is no genotype change. What you need is divine health. What are you doing with it? You, you just need to be healthy. That's the priority. You will have what you say. And look at what he says in the next verse. Go back to the text. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, I say unto you, what thing soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive, and then when you see it, you have it. Is that what he said? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. I don't receive to believe that I have received. I believe to receive, I have received before I have. That's what he says. When you pray, believe you have received. When you pray, believe you have received and you shall have them. That's the order. Oh, I received it. You, you, can, you can leave a meeting knowing you received something. I received it. I received it. Oh, my goodness. Are you listening to this? There are other principles to this, but receive this. This is elementary faith I'm teaching you. Next week, you're going to have a great time. The, the, the theme is prophetic faith, you know, and then the upper Sunday, the last Sunday of, the, of this month, the pastor is going to teach you on something very important. How to get back what you lose by faith. Because it's part of the fabric of faith. This is the simple principle. If God gave you, he can give you again. It's, very, it's a very simple principle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, just wait for that. So try to listen to the entire series. It will change your life. Glory to God. So both in saving faith and in charismatic faith, you believe you have received because you said it or because it aligns with the truth of God's word. How do you know you're born again? Did your hair color change when you got saved? Supernaturally, that, ah, what happened? You're now fine. Is, is that what happened? Ah, your nose has changed. My dear, I'm born again now. Ah, wow. 
So that's where they be. Nah, so that's not how it works, does it? Is that how it works? You look exactly the same. How, how many of you know you have eternal life? Do you have eternal life? Yeah. How do you know? Maybe when you go born again, you see a lot on your phone. You have now been credited with one billion years of existence. Is that, is that what happened? You received it by faith, right? And you're sure. And you, are, you have joy with it. The assurance of the Holy Ghost. That's the same way it works with charismatic faith. So as surely as you know, hallelujah, that you have eternal life, you can know that they're going to walk in health. And the problem with many people is they wait till they're sick to begin to believe this and to confess it. But don't worry, even if you're late, you're going to catch up. You're still going to be healed. Praise the Lord. But you have to have a mentality. There's what to expect. Amen, somebody. Amen. And then the second thing that is consistent with both of them, don't forget, um, Paul says, Romans chapter 10 from verse 8 to 10, he says, if you shall believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With a heart man believes unto righteousness. With a mouth confession is made unto salvation, right? So your heart and your mouth align in faith. Whether it is saving faith or charismatic faith, your heart and your mouth will align. And let me tell you this, it is going to liberate you forever. Did he say, if you shall believe with your head? Are you with me? Did he say, if you shall believe with your head? Where did you say you will believe with? Now, what heart is he talking about? Is he talking about your physical heart? You know, the one that pumps blood. Is that physical heart capable of believing? So, heart is a metaphor for your spirit. For your spirit. Can I tell you something? You can receive something in your spirit and your head is still doubting. So some people, they disqualify themselves because there is doubt in their mind. Oh, I'm trusting for this, but I keep doubting. Don't worry. You believe with your spirit, with the hidden man of the heart. That's where the real faith comes from. And so even if your head is saying, ah, oh, you're foolish, oh. Calm down, oh. Makes no difference. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? You know, when I was a beginner in these things, I used to have those problems. When I'm doubting, I won't pray. But many great miracles have happened to me when I was doubting. I'm telling you. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? There was a day, and this one is very sensitive to me because my mom had goiter, and we prayed. It didn't go. I don't want to give more details. But she went to, she, she was prayed for by virtually every reputable man of God you can think of. And nothing happened. Don't worry, that's a conversation for another day. So eventually, our prayer changed. Lord, as we go for this operation, you know, <laughs> you know keep us safe. Yeah, and, and that's what the Lord did. 
miraculously. And you know, it was very sensitive because her own mother had goiter and actually died on the operation table. Can I tell you something? There is a way experience eh, tries to limit the expression of your faith. And that's why you have to be careful the testimony you receive around you and how you allow it affect you. Ah, it happened like this. It happened, like some of you are already afraid. Ah, this thing happened to Auntie BC. This thing happened to Uncle this, in my family. And you're afraid. What if when I'm getting old, I rebuke that fear? Amen. So you have to start talking. When, when you think fear, don't just shake your mind. You speak the word. You speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Ah, auntie, this is not, he's married, no children. Uncle, this too, no children. It's like, this is my family. What if, stop talking like that. So long story short, you know, I didn't even realize that this thing had affected me. One day I was preaching in Abuja and I had the word of knowledge. Someone here, um, your relative, a lady, has been healed of goiter. Ah! <laughs> I'm honest, I'll be, can I be honest with you? I continued preaching. And then when the Lord wants to force me to say something, he will keep showing me. I say, it's, it's almost ridiculous. Like, I'm trying to focus, look at the audience, and it's the reward of knowledge is dancing in front of me like this. You know, that's <laughs> it. You know, Middle of the sermon, I dodged again. Towards the end, I saw it, so I knew the Lord would not allow me rest. I must say it. Then I started, I have the video, I just won't show you. <laughs> if you see the way I gave the word of knowledge, you know that my heart was, I just said, there's someone here. You have a relative that has goiter. There was a pause. I said, the, you know, the power of the Lord is touching her, you know, restoring her. I didn't say specifically what I saw. Because I, what I saw was the thing shrink and disappear. Fast forward one month after, I was climbing up the stairs to church, and a brother ran to me. He said, Sir, remember that word of knowledge you gave? He said, It was my cousin. It has gone. Ah! So, you know when <laughs> I was the one interviewing him, are you sure? So, <laughs> so. I remember the first time this happened. Hey, God. I'm thinking, I'm being very vulnerable. You, you know, I remember this thing, when this thing first happened. Someone had migraine headaches. He said, every day for the past eight years, I've had a headache. He said, I'm feeling it now, but I want you to pray for me. So we're sitting beside each other. So I laid hands on him. I, you know, those days you're not feeling, you know. There are some days I feel spiritual. Some days I feel, like, pour me water right now. <laughs> So, so I just laid hands on him, said a few things, and when I removed my hand, he did like this. So I said, mm, all these dramatic people, what's all this now? So, he said, sir, he's gone. In my mind, I said, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm like, I said, mm. that, my man, I'm like, did they tell you you have to make me happy? So you just want to encourage me. So, the next day, he sent a message. So, I still can't believe it. First 24 hours in eight years, no headache. It was as if the Lord was making him send those texts 
to prove to me, you know. Five days after, sir, first five days in eight years without, ah. So I said, no, this boy, he can't be lying after five days now. I said, wow. So I learned. So if I only move when I think I'm confident, I will hinder people. I want to teach you something that will change your life. So even when you doubt, flow with the word. Flow with the word. He said, I will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Uh-huh. So I, I will just do it. I'll just do it. Because faith is in your spirit. It says you shall believe with your heart, not with your head. So it's okay. Let my head be saying, hmm. You know? <laughs> and all of that. You know? Praise the Lord. I was telling you something before, this, another testimony. So I said, sit down. How did it happen? He said, first and foremost, she didn't even realize because, um, because of the goiter and some, some other issues she was having, she began to stress it. I, I, I didn't know about that that time. So she was getting big, and the growth became less obvious. So it was shrinking, and she didn't know until she went for a regular checkup, and the doctor did it's not there. I said, oh my God. Do you know I would not have said that thing? I struggled with it. I have the video. I struggled. I only said it because God will ask me. That's why now, you can't talk me out of praying for the sickle. <laughs> for the sake of innocent people. Hallelujah. I will say it. I will say it. And what I'm telling you, this simple, if this is all you learn, it will change your life. If you will just flow with the word, stop waiting for your feelings to align. Let your feelings catch up. Go with the word. Let your feelings catch up with the word. That's how to function in faith. Let your feelings catch up. (laughs) The things you see me do, charismatic, (laughs) these charismatic things, Laying hands on people. I remember the first day in school. I think you were in that meeting. I was preaching. The Lord said, I want to bless the people. He said, wave your hands. Ha! I said, I said, ha! I said, God. It's not the day you embarrass me. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that, but I thought it. So I said, the Lord said he wants to bless us. I said, close your eyes. <laughs> Me too, I close my eyes in case. <laughs> and I said, take it. You know, just in obedience. I didn't feel anything. You know, at least if the Lord told me my hand was feeling heavy. <laughs> you know? So I said, yes. All those dramatic things. My hand is vibrating. Ah, wow. You know? So I just raised my hand that felt empty. And then as I tried to bring it down, it felt heavy. Like, it was as, in, as I was bringing it down that I felt the power. My eyes were still closed. And I started hearing cheers, you know. We got 100 and something instant. Okay, no, that was another meeting. We got many healings. Hallelujah. So, in the faith realm, you don't wait to see. <laughs> you speak. 
This year, we get to distinguish ourselves. And distinguishing yourself will take some action, all right? It doesn't really take the supernatural to do so. It just takes faith. You have to stretch your leg. God won't do that for you. It is until you put your leg and that the miraculous will start. That's how it works. So take decisive steps. I don't, all, what I'm saying is not in my notes. If you are not bold, remember the story of the lepers? Some of you have to tell yourself what they told themselves. They said, ah, there is famine in the city. If we go into the city opposite us, they are our enemies. There is a 50% chance either they kill us or they let us live. But if we stay here, we will die. So at least let's try. Let's try. And then by the time they started going, the Bible says God amplified their footsteps. So those people heard the sound of a chariot, chariots charging towards them. They thought, you know, some armies were coming against them. They left all their resources and ran. The question now is, what if they stayed? Guess what? They didn't hear a voice telling them, move as you move. This is what they will hear. They just took steps of faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is something about simple boldness and simple obedience that unlocks the miraculous. If you wait for the spectacular to obey God, you will hinder yourself of many miracles. So some of you, I mean, God has given you clear instructions, maybe about business, about your relationship, your marriage, you know, and you, you just have to take steps. This is the year to take steps. At least let it rub off on you from this ministry. Can I tell you something? One of the biggest gifts God has given me. Ah, I'm very audacious in God. God only tells me what he really wants to do. Because if he tells me, I will do it. You know, this church is young, right? How old is this church? Five months, right? Between the time this church started and now, we have planted three other churches. Audacity. God said, if God said it, I'm there. If God said it, it is done. So you, you have to take steps. That's how faith works. I'm saying it again. Someone is going to cry tears of joy this year. Amen. So take audacious steps. Maybe they've looked at you and they've mocked you. All this, your spirituality. Compromise and let's help you. And you kept your integrity. You know, sometimes, I don't say I'm giving a word of knowledge, but I just face your direction. You've kept your integrity. And you know, the, 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 the people who are willing to take care of you, you know, they will give you money. They just compromise. And then you've kept yourself. And maybe some of your friends are even looking at you like, you're foolish. What are you doing? You should be bowling by now. And then you see people who don't even have your beauty having it easier in life. And you know that if you change your mind today, everything will change. (laughs) 
But God says, this year, this year, it's going to be a year of compensation. Did you hear what I said? But I, so now, I just said all of that for one reason. If you're here and the devil is tempting you to compromise, trust God. He'll compensate you. Did you hear what I said? He'll compensate you. Place a bet on God. I, I won't lie to you. It won't happen dramatically. If you want to open your door and see money, that's, that's blood money. <laughs> it will take process. It will take a system. But you can't place your bet on God and lose. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. No pastor can gather with compromise more than what God will give me by faith. This is the first time I'm saying it, but I'm telling you what I know. And let, let it be the testimony of your life so that when the devil takes you to the, to the pinnacle of the, temp, of, of, the, of the mountain, the highest mountain, and he shows you all the glories of the world, and just says, all you need to do is bow, and I will give them to you. You know that you're not the first to say no. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. You see, and I want to round, wrap up this way, and never let it skip your mind. In the Old Testament, God gave them symbols. I didn't go halfway this same, but I'll wrap off now. God gave them symbols to prefigure the redemptive work of Christ. So all the lambs that they were slaughtering, for instance, did not actually take away their sins. All right? They didn't actually take away their sins. They were just typology, type and shadows to prefigure the real lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when they were slaughtering those lambs, they were telling in symbols what Christ was going to come and do. It's a branch of theology called typology. The same thing with circumcision. When God gave Abraham the, co the covenant, you know, to slit, circumcise his male children, he was giving him a symbol of what the Spirit of God will do in our hearts. Paul said we are the circumcision. Listen, what God has done in us by the Spirit is the real circumcision. Who serve God by the Spirit and boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. He says we are the circumcision. He talked about the circumcision made without hands. The real circumcision is not, I mean, the real circumcision has no scars. The real, what is the real circumcision? He gives you a new heart. He says a new heart will I give you. Take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Give you a heart of, give you the Holy Spirit and make your desires Godward. That's the real circumcision. But guess what? In the But even if that was a type, look at the confidence they had. The superiority circumcised Philistine that dares defy the Lord's army. This uncircumcised Philistine, we are the Lord's people. You can't stand against us and win. 
And what he had was a type. My question to you is, what have you done with your real circumcision? What confidence has it infused into your heart? What boldness do you have? If someone with the type could stand before a giant and be bold, what about you? And guess what? Circumcision, this is what I'm saying, and don't forget this. Circumcision is actually about salvation. By the circumcision, everybody knew that the Jews were God's people. It's about salvation, sanctification, and consecration. Both the old Testament and the New Testament consecration, um, um, circumcision is about consecration. But guess what? Saving faith in sanctification also influences charismatic faith. So David believed because we are God's people, we cannot lose. Not just are we going to be saved because we are God's people, we also cannot lose in life. We are God's chosen people. Then you wear armor and stand before us. You come to us with swords and with shields and with a helmet, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have defiled. And this is the final connection, the final similarity you must have between saving faith and charismatic faith. Not only is it, you know, by faith and not by sight, not only does both of them involve speaking, they're actually connected. So when you read Hebrews chapter 11, it's actually talking about saving faith. Many people don't know. It looks charismatic. By faith, Sarah received a child. By faith, Noah being warned of the danger that was to come, you know, prepared an ark. But all of those things were to prefigure the redemptive work. You, you, listen, there were symbols. So Noah's ark was a symbol of salvation and how all the believers in Christ will be safe in Christ and the world will be destroyed. Are you with me? So all those things were symbols. And here is how I know. If it was charismatic faith, he won't tell you in verse 13, this all died not having received the promise. So even if Sarah was barren and received a child, that child was not the promise. The child was just a symbol of the real promise. The real Christ. Let me tell you this. This is what will change your life. Many of you, the reason why what you are trusting for with charismatic faith you have not received is because you have failed to see the connection between charismatic faith and saving faith. Let me tell you this. Abraham needed a child. That was his own personal agenda. God had his own agenda. Children in Christ. So Abraham was thinking charismatic faith. Give me a child. God was thinking saving faith children in Christ. And instead of saying, I will give you a child, he said, I will make you a father of many nations. He said, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So this is the way to get your charismatic faith working. Align it with saving faith. So now you have to ask the right question. What I am trusting for, how does it advance the cause of God, the kingdom of God? Listen, in normal charismatic faith, you just say, Lord, give me a child so that my mother-in-law will know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when you catch the revelation of Hannah and you say, if you give me a child, he will save you. Yes. Now, that's different. So you have to see the connection between saving faith and charismatic faith. So even though the faith spoken of in Hebrews 11 
was actually saving faith, it had charismatic impact. It says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. And you're wondering, how does subduing kingdoms, what does it have to do with the coming of Christ? It does. It does. Because God is going to give them a land, a physical Israel to symbolize the spiritual Israel. Through faith subdued kingdoms. Stop the mouth of lion. Quench the fairy furnace. True faith. Meaning all they were seeing as they were doing all those things is God's promise to usher in the Messiah. Because we are God's chosen people to usher in his salvation plans, we are unstoppable. So don't just ask for a miracle just because. Ah, it's powerful to say, ah, God, you love me. This is, I really want it. I really want it. That's the longer route. But the moment you say, this is what God is doing in my generation. This is how, can I tell you something? This is the order of priority in the realm of the spirits. Where Paul's boat is about to capsize. And an angel appears to him and he says, don't worry, you will not die. Not just because I like you, but because that city you are going to, people need to hear the gospel. I have much people in that city. So it is not preservation for preservation's sake. The problem with your charismatic faith and why it seems like it's not working is, is too self-centered. Too self-centered. Too self-centered. When you align yourself with destiny, listen, there are some businesses too relevant to the kingdom to fail. Too relevant. Two years ago, and I hardly share this testimony, there was a guy, God gave him a covenant, an instruction. He said, every Sunday in this church, this is how much you're going to give. And it's sacrificial. You know a bit about it. Sacrificial. All of a sudden, during the year, someone rose up and decided to stop his business in a particular place. And he tried. He went everywhere, you know, talking to everybody. Nobody will answer him. So he went into his car about to drive home, but he remembered, God told me that the reason for this business is to support this ministry. And then he was moved to tears. And he shouted, oh God of Emmanuel Irene, and I don't advise you to do that. It was just, it just came out of him. Show up. And as he was there, they called him. He said, ah, the person that stopped the business has been fired though. So, they called, you know, so he said, eh, you know, went there. All of them were fired. I'm talking about in a space of minutes. And they said, so, so what do you want? Do you want to expand? Do you want to? They gave him, they fulfilled all his requests. I'm just saying something. And that's what you're going to learn next week when we talk about prophetic faith. There are different types of people. There are people who have personal agenda, trying to wield the hand of God to do it. Then there are some people, you see, you have to understand, Abraham was indifferent. God said, I will give you children. He said, let Ishmael live before you. You see, when it is God persuading you and you agree, you're unstoppable. is succumbing to peer pressure. All my mates have children. Mm -mm, she was on her own. And then the angel said, this is the word of the according to you. When charismatic faith aligns with saving faith, you become unstoppable. When charismatic faith aligns with saving faith, you become unstoppable.
Hallelujah. Did you hear what I just said? I want to give you just a few minutes. I know time is fast spent. To align your desires. Look at it through the bigger picture. So what is the relevance, you know, the relevance of this blessing that I covet to God's divine agenda? Start aligning. Start aligning. This is, this is, this is a place of covenant. This is Shiloh, where Hannah says to God, if you give me a child, he will be yours. He will be yours. That's what I'm asking you to do. And whatever you say, I want you to mean it. I want you to mean it. I want you to mean it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, I see the angels of God beside some of you taking your requests. Taking your requests. Your life is about to change. Your life is about to change. Your life is about to change. Look at me. The realm of the spirit is very deep. It's very deep. Think about it. Come. Think about it. The devil took Jesus to the top of the temple, of, of the mountain, and said, if you will bow to me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world in one instant. So without maybe reading a book on entrepreneurship, registering a business. So, I mean, by that spiritual covenant, if he had agreed, things would have started aligning afterwards, but it was spiritual. Thank you. Don't let anybody deceive you. This life is deep. Understand how deep the confessions you just made are. How deep. That Hannah can be in the temple making confessions. There was a transaction. It was stamped and her womb opened. This life is very deep. Very deep. Very deep. There's a picture of a lady. I, I don't have a permission to tell you. So, you know, at reboot camp, she knelt down during the prayer time and was writing some things that she would do for God, you know, praying about it. Exactly that time, that same time, seven days later. This is someone who had been struggling. Someone sent her seven million. You, you, listen, can I tell you what I've discovered in this life? There is money. It's just alignment. <laughs> I'm telling you, once you align, once you align, this is what the people of the world know. And theirs, that, theirs pertains to destruction. If you try that, you're going to die. That is, it is what it is. 
but I believe that there is a divine way. I mean, seven days after, seven days at that same time. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in the realm of the spirit, it's a dangerous realm. I was here talking to you. Someone was tuned in online. I don't know if I've told you the testimony. Someone was tuned in online. He had been applying for something. And they won't give it to him. And, you know, it was all his mi- on his mind during um, reboot camp. And I came here and I said, you came here looking for donkeys. God is looking for you. Focus on the Lord. And as I was still preaching when he got the alert that it has been approved. So he was curious. He called them. said, the office has closed. What happened? His, the director said, something just moved me. Are you listening? Someone he doesn't know. Something just moved me. So I went to the, you know, the person in charge and I said, favor these people. Like, these people can do it. Give it to them. And that's how young boy of how old, you, you know, hey God, you know, his life just changed between the boot camp and now. I don't talk like this, but I'm saying this just to stir up your faith. This guy who was struggling, they dragged him on Twitter last year because he was owing. His life changed. One miracle. Billions. His birthday gift to me was a brand new car. Are you hearing what I'm saying? His life changed. And I went to his house and I'm just like, ah. you know, now me professor, but I still shocked. Ah. I saw the picture, I thought it was a hotel, like someone was in his house. So I went there, ah, <laughs> sit down, sir, you're welcome. Ah. <laughs> Your life's about to change. Do you believe it? What I've shared with you is all I know. Stand to your feet. Say with me, say, dear Jesus, make a name for yourself with my life. I align myself with destiny for your fame, for the popularity of your name. I put you first in all things. I release my faith. I release my faith for more. (laughs) You said it's the year of light. And I believe it. This year, I distinguish myself. This year, I shine as light. This year, I see no limitations. Thank you, Father. Listen, I want you to get on YouTube this week. I have a sermon on YouTube, Don't Limit God. Go and listen to that sermon. Go and listen to that sermon. You're going to need it. Because this year you're going to do big things. You know, the person, the person that received that gift of seven million came to me, said, Pastor, these are my plans for next year. You know, I want to do this. You know, the person is into... You know, short films and movies. Um, so my budget is 1.5. I said, no, now. You've been doing this already. I said, any plan you have for 2021, do it big. He said, Pastor, where would the money come from? I said, ah, haven't you learned anything from me? I said, trust God. Trust God. I said, do it big. 
I said, increase your budget. So he knelt down during reboot camp and was writing, writing. Finally agreed in our spirit to do it big. And then all of a sudden, during the week, someone called her, uh, can you send a proposal? We want to sponsor your next project. You know what she did? She sent a proposal of 3.5 million. Thinking in her mind, oh, they will say it's too expensive, cut it down. So she now say, okay, you know, normal Nigerian style, okay, what about 1.5? They called her back. He said, can we sponsor everything? And she said, yes, please. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, sir. <laughs> and that's how they sent her times two. I don't know, have you heard about that before? That you send a proposal and they give you double? I've never heard of it before. In this country. They gave her double. Ah, before I said congratulations, I said investigate the company. Like, <laughs> is this legit? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the people, you know, some people, they give you 1K and you won't hear the last of it. You must greet them every morning. She was trying to call them to say thank you. They, they, they busy the call, say, I'm in a meeting, please text. It took her two days before she could even reach them. Say, ah, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the year of light. You believe it, right? Yes, and this applies to every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Ministry, you know, someone commented on social media. He said, we make ministry look like a walk in the park. How do you plant four churches in the pandemic? The inaugural service of our Ibadan branch last week, there were six, 266. Uh, 226, 226, inaugural service. So the pastor is saying, we have to start second service soon. Hallelujah. That's your kingdom. It says they will mount up with wings as eagles. In our realm, human beings fly. They're going to fly this year. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your name. Because I'm teaching you faith, I want to give you just three more minutes. Declare some words by yourself. Declare some words. Make some confessions right now. Make some confessions right now. Make some confessions. He says, if you shall say to this mountain, this is the time to say. He said, you will have what you say. You will have what to say. Someone to my left, you need to say to that heart's trouble. Be removed. Say to that sickness, be removed. No limits.
Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. As I woke up this morning, the Lord told me in my ears. I said it in ears. I said it in passing, I'm saying it again. He asked me to tell you that he will fight your battles. Did you hear that? So family, family battles will be won. So God is now involved. He said he will fight your battles. So just picture it, you were fighting, and then he says, you know what, stay back, stay back. I got this. I got this. I'm saying it again for the sake of someone. Daddy says he will fight your battles. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. I want to give you 20 seconds. Just give him praise right now. Rejoice! Glory! Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.